Hello and welcome to another edition of our World Cup Breakdown for 2022. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. This episode, we're going to be taking a look at Portugal. TK, a lot's going to be said about this team, largely because it's Ronaldo's last tournament and he's made a cock of himself again (laughs) going into the tournament. But first of all, let's take a look at some background to Portugal that maybe you don't know about because there's some things here that I've been learning as well, including a great tale about a rooster, which I'm hoping you've not heard before. Um, Portugal decriminalized all drugs in 2001. Now, we've heard a lot about why Qatar would not be a great host. (laughs) Sounds like it had been lively in Portugal. Um, First country in the world to ever decriminalize all drugs. Very different vibe we'd have been having. Yeah, I mean, year 2004 must have been a wild one. <laughs> the biggest waves ever surfed are in Portugal. That's surprising. The birth rate in Portugal is below the EU average. Their pullout game over there is about as strong. We're high as a kind, but we're disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crispy, creamy, and sweet. There's nothing like the original pastéis de nata. The custard tart is uh, one of the most Can famous dishes to come those from Lisbon. Yeah, I've, uh, I used to get them from um, Tesco, actually. So not quite as great as the ones you'd be getting from this little. There's a little bakery in Lisbon's Belém district, and they've had a secret recipe since the 19th century that they say is be the best thing you'd ever try. So. There's a reason to get over there. Mentioned it in Monday's podcast. The world has Portugal to thank for Piri Piri. <laughs> the chili sauce quite often liberally poured over the nation's favourite churrasco chicken. It was here that the combination of chili, garlic, and lemon resulted in this famous sauce. What an export. Best things come out of Portugal. There you go. Now, the rooster is a symbol of Portugal. I'm hoping you don't know this because it. I was loving this today. According to the tale, a landowner in Barcelos had stolen silver and the inhabitants of that city were looking for the thief. A man from Galicia became a suspect despite his pleas of innocence. The authorities arrested the man and condemned him to hang. Seems a fairly quick judiciary process there a brutal one of that now the man the, the man had a plan he said take me in front of the judge who's condemned me they indulged him they take him there the judge is holding a banquet now affirming his innocence the man pointed to a roasted rooster on top of the banquet table and exclaimed it is as certain that I'm innocent as that rooster will crow when they hang me. <laughs> the judge pushed aside his plate, said, okay, I'm not going to eat the rooster, sent the guy away. While he was being hanged, the roasted rooster stood up on the table and crowed as predicted. Realising his error, the judge ran to the gallows to discover that the man had been saved from death thanks to a poorly made knot. He was immediately freed and the rooster became the symbol of Portugal. <laughs> if you learn nothing about their quality of football, 
you've taken that from this episode. Fantastic. And Portugal holds the record for the shortest reigning monarch in the world. Crown Prince Luis Felipe was the King of Portugal for a grand total of 20 minutes after his father Carlos was assassinated on the 1st of February 1908. After suffering injuries in the same attack, Luis Felipe also died and the title of king was transferred to Manuel II, the last King of Portugal. Tough gig. Tough gig. He had a good run. About the same as Liz Truss, eh? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Fernando Santos is the manager and he's facing some critics coming into the tournament. He's been manager since September of 2014. They've got Ronaldo as captain, which (laughs) seems a bold (laughs) choice. Though if you're going to have him in the squad, I'm not too sure what else you can do there. He's been in the national team now for about 20 years. Pushing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been pushing that. He was injured in 2004. And we are going to hear that this is his last World Cup the whole time now. They've got this incredible generation of talents, which actually looks better the more you look at it. And his goal is to turn them into a functioning unit behind Cristiano, essentially. They've got Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Rafa Liao, Yao Felix... All players we've heard so much about, Yao Felix, every club he's linked with, I hear he's going to be the saviour. So pressure on him when he eventually does get the move. There's a thing with Atletico, by the way. I saw it with uh, Mateus Cunha. I've never seen a club get blamed more than a player for for not making a tournament or a player showing any ability. How do you mean? They're getting the blame for the Felix situation. So they, they get to blame for Felix in this always like free Felix, yeah, get yeah, him yeah. out of here. And the Mateus Cunha, I saw it from a lot of the Brazilians saying, well, he shouldn't have joined Atletico. It is difficult with that style of play, isn't it? It is, but we've also, I mean, they weren't playing free-flowing end-to-end football when Aguero no. and Forlan and Costa, the best players are still making a That's mark. It. I think there's a gap between what Yao Felix is doing currently and what he could be doing, even in even if he was being stifled a little bit by Atletico's style of play, he could be shown a lot more than he is. Because Mateus Cunha is an interesting one because United were linked with him. One of them ones where talk sport report a deal's done and no one else is reporting it. And it's like, well, they're yeah, really confident yeah. about this. They did it with, uh, they said Villa weren't going to rush to appoint a manager and Emery so was appointed good. like an hour later. But... He was one of them, but he's Brazilian, so we won't talk about him today. Um, but there's a real mystery, it seems, for Fernando Santos that all of these players are so great, but when they do play behind Ronaldo, they they struggle to. Well, they say it's they struggle to deal with the aura of playing with this guy. That's one word. That's one word for more it. More than yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've gone out in the last 16 of the last two tournaments. I think we were doing a podcast during the Uruguay exit, actually. Is that the one where Cavani scores a belter of a header? Was it Suarez? I seem to remember us doing a podcast during a Uruguay game. Maybe that was the one. Um, But they struggled to get through to the tournament. They had to go through the playoffs after Mitrovic's 90th minute winner in Lisbon. Serbia topped the group 
and their manager has just been getting battered ever since. Yotta was their most productive player. He was averaging a goal a game, and now he's ruled out with an injury. Hurts them, and as just as it's hurted you, <laughs> hurt you. Sorry, but then even defense, they've got Ruben Diaz, they've got Nuno Mendes, Yao Cancelo. In attack, they've got Rafaeliao, who is benefiting the most from Jota being out. Ten goals and eleven assists in Milan's uh, Scudetto winning season. He's got five goals and four assists this season. So it's like a big tournament for him. Does, if they're going to do something, someone like him is going to do the breakout. If we assume Ronaldo is what he is at this point and he's going to stifle yeah. them a little bit, I think someone like Leal is going to have to be a breakout star. Well, they left behind Renato Sanchez, yeah, who was the young player of the tournament in Euro 2016. Instead, they've brought along Mateusz Nunes from uh, Wolves. They've brought up um, an uncapped Benfica centre-back and Antonio Silva. Pepe is on the plane at 39 years old. I wondered if I had the wrong guy when I saw that Pepe made the squad. Outstanding. No, no. Gonzalo Guedes has missed out after moving to Wolves. Team that doesn't score goals. I'm not that, sure. I mean, there is a player that looks, looks, looks great, good. but just won't score for them. <laughs> just so odd. No. Um, They've only won three of their last 13 World Cup matches oh. dating back to the 2006 oh, semi-finals. They're in the same group as Uruguay, who sent them packing. It's, it's, if you don't get to a good start as well, teams like Ghana and South Korea are tricky for a team if you're not, if you're not yeah. at it. Well, they got four clean sheets in the qualifying group. And so you would say this is where they need to build from because in the playoffs, again, more clean sheets. But much like our manager, actually, they get a lot of criticism for saying that Santos is just too defensive-minded. And when you've got this insanely talented bunch of quick, creative footballers, you've got to be doing more with that. Something when you look down the squad, there's very few natural wide, wide players in there. So if you were playing football manager, you'd have a lot of inside forwards, much like Spain, actually. And this is a team where we've looked down at Figo, Ronaldo, Charisma, even like uh, Simao, Nani, a team that really were built upon these flashy, wide players. And then Pedro Neto's injuries out for the tournament. Thank God we didn't sign him. Rafa Silva retired from international football. Guedes didn't make the squad. They're predicting over there that they're going to play a flat 4-4-2 formation, which he's played most of his time in the job. And you know I love a 4-4-2. <laughs> Constantly banging on about it in this squad, in this on this podcast. And so what he may do, another football manager tactic actually, they've got a lot of good fullbacks. So we think it's just going to be a lot of these fullbacks end up playing as wide midfielders. When you've got Cancelo and Dallo on the right-hand side, you've got Nuno Mendes, Rafa Guerrero on the left. They may just double up and they're just going to be tight there. They've got their creative players in the middle of the park. Maybe they put Liao up there with Ronaldo. I don't know how they're going to work it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, because he plays in the middle if they're doing the flat four. 
guess Ronaldo and then Yao Felix off him. Yeah, I, I meant in midfield, sorry. Oh, um, I've got a projected start to the left. Bruno's one of them. Um, that's going to be tough for that. No, it's fitting all yeah. these guys in. Let's face um, it, if you have a situation, my concern for them, even just off the bat looking at it, was that if you have a situation where you're trying to get in Ronaldo, Bruno and Yao Felix into the same team, he's potentially got three passengers there. So Ruben Neves yeah. is going to be in. And then they usually have Danilo Pereira, William Cavalio still. I was about to say, if you tell me well. William Cavalio so still, I'm going to lose mad. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be one of them in there with him. The, the projected lineup I saw had Bernardo Silva and Bruno wide in okay. a 4 4 2. And then Liao up top with Ronaldo, yeah, Felix on the bench. Yeah. As long as the fullbacks are getting the work yeah. done, then you're all right, aren't you? That's okay. It's, they're going to have to, though. They're going to get a lot of work. The X factor on paper could actually be in goal where they've got mm. Diogo Costa. When you think how tight some of these games could be, particularly with their defensive record, what first guy to save two penalties in one Champions League game, that's like his speciality, 23 years old. He's just signed a new contract with Porto to bump up his release clause because they're expecting someone to come in for him. This has all the makings of a guy that really just hammers his name down and probably goes to United next summer in a big move. Yeah, you could see it, couldn't you? And strangely, there is always a like a breakout keeper in these tournaments. Kind of weird, but kind of one where a keeper really cements himself in the tournament. Yeah. Tim Krull just wasn't able to build on it. <laughs> <laughs> Went and moved to Norwich instead. You can go either way. Um, more familiar names. I mean, when you look at some of the keepers of, of, of other um, nations Diego Costa Rui Patricio and Jose Sar as your three goalkeepers is not a bad bunch that is very nice yeah and then you've got a lot of recognisable names Cancelo Delo Nuno Mendes Ruben Diaz Pepe Guerrero Danilo Palinha at Fulham another guy that can play in that midfield crazy really. he's Nunes. been in, in great form and probably isn't going to yeah. start Bruno Yao Mario Vitinha at PSG <clears throat> Choked on that. <coughs> Blimey. Uh, Vitinha at PSG, Otavio at Porto, and then the names I've mentioned, even Andre Silva at yeah, Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. Gonzalo Ramos, who's been smashing him in at Benfica. They're, they've got one of the most talented squads in the tournament. It's just going to be whether they can put it together, which is an issue for so many. And, and look, I, I, I realise how it's going to sound, but those attacking players, you just go if they didn't have this basic anchor holding them down, you wonder what they could do, but they've just got it. It's all about servicing Ronaldo. I just, oh. I, I don't know he's injured, so it wouldn't have been anyway, but you could have had a situation where, you know, you could have had Jota in there with like, with Liao or Ramos or Andres and um, Andre Silva. And you could be going, that's a really nice, fluid attack. And instead, yeah. you're going to have a situation where Ronaldo's Ronaldo. And they're probably well, going to try and shoot Premier League Yalfi, isn't there at some point, either off the bench or whatever. Yeah. You could see it being, particularly if you've got, who is a naturally defensive-minded manager, it could all become quite clunky where you think, in a similar fashion to England, really, where you go, on paper, really attack, really talented attacking players just don't quite look the same in it. It's, um, it's Premier League bias, but Ruben Neves and... Um, 
Palinia. That's a lovely little yeah. uh, base to even just have behind that array of attacking talent. Even I, I, I'm no huge fan of it. If you said you two did this in Bruno, you're allowed to go cook. You wouldn't hate that. Yep. No, I think it's going to be a mistake bringing Ronaldo mm-hmm. along. Um, yeah. But one that once you've kind of wedded yourself to him, they there's a lot of people I think that Ronaldo's got a buy with them. I can't even bother to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they don't have an outstanding situation where they can go, right, this guy's playing, you're not, you're out of here. It's, it's different leagues, but Andre Silva and um, Gonzalo Ramos, they've got enough between yeah. them yeah. that... You've got enough creativity in there that you can put the ball in the back of the net. The more I look at this squad, the better it looks, to be honest with you. Nuno Mendes is one that in Man City where they were looking for left-back backup and they inexplicably let him go to PSG on loan first and then an option to buy. Weird. Crazy. But it's just, it's brilliant. And I look at half these players and I mentioned him, I mentioned him all the time. FC Wonder Kid on TikTok, an account that always blows up from the guy just pronouncing the names correctly. But it just oh yeah, 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 hilarious. Wait, when you hear him say "Runchanch" as Renato Sanchez, hell. yeah, it's unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> it's going to also expose us. So we'll be doing. <laughs> We're all saying all these names. Yeah, well. Noon Menge. It's just basically take all the vowels out. <laughs> a a decent rule of thumb probably if you say on the end of things, you, you've got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I never, I'm not Portuguese, I know, I never not feel like an asshole pronouncing uh, chorizo properly. Yeah, yeah, it sounds pretentious, doesn't it? But I can't go out and say chorizo. It's like pronouncing Cazola correctly. Just don't do it. Yeah, I know what you mean, but then you sound very uncultured when you don't, don't you? There's no, there's, you can't win. You either sound pretentious or like a caveman. Chorizo, I think you can get away with. Chorizo. You can just cavola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's too much. <laughs> there, there's enough to do it. You have to say it in a way of like, I know how I should be saying this, but we both know. We both know. A little one. bit like, uh, who's that who's That commentator? I can't remember. It might not have been a particularly unknown one, but we're just rolling his R's every time you say Garcia. I think that's Garcia. <laughs> like we get it, all right. We all know how to say Garcia, but you're really overegging it now. John Anik tweeted out before Saturday's card of how to pronounce Alex Pereira correctly, and he said, "This is how you pronounce it if you don't want to roll your R's." But he was saying it's Alex, it's not Alex, and he said, "There's not a, it's not Pereira," and he was really breaking it down and saying. Like I've spoken to the man himself. This is how you say it. So don't people say I'm pronouncing it wrong or doing this and that. We don't all have the luxury as John Anik has to go up to these people and say, when I'm criticising you on Monday, how do you want me to say Renato Sanchez? <laughs> what do we think Portugal can do? Because Ronaldo's already just brought a lot on them going into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That is... That's my concern with this is that they feel like one of the ones with a cloud hanging over them going in. You said the manager not hugely uh, popular because of his defensive style and because of questions over him. You've got a situation where Ronaldo's just brought this in, but you also had the situation anyway where people were going a little bit like it is with 
with United was like he's probably not the best for what we need at this point. Jota probably would have been, but now at least that argument is taken away from him because he's not there. Otherwise, you could have had a situation where it's like, well, we should be going with Jota and we're going with Ronaldo. What are we doing here? Um, so I think potentially that, and you've got people like, when you've got people like Bruno and, and Yao Felix as the next guys, I do question who's stepping up in this sort of, this difficult sort of crisis moment. Who's going to be the strong personality in that? It doesn't really seem like anyone is it? they are going to defer to Ronaldo and that I think will basically be their downfall for what is a pretty talented squad. Yeah, because top the group and I think you're playing probably Switzerland in the second round, which isn't an easy out, by the way. I think they're going to do well in the tournament. It's whether they can, as you said, Let's face it, you come second in the group, you get Brazil. So it could be good night. (laughs) (laughs) That's all she wrote. Uruguay Brazil sounds fantastic. Mm. By the way, yeah, agreed. I wouldn't hate wouldn't hate Portugal Just, Brazil. And that's still good fun as well. If they can get no, it together. Unfortunately, you have been on the wrong end of it in in previous years. But the thrill of when you can see Atleti shit out someone that isn't you yes, or any yeah, team, and so seeing Uruguay do that for as long as they can against one of these fancy teams is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, certainly agree. When did we say? So, how how far do you think? I Portugal think go? I think they probably, I think they probably will come second in that group. Oh, they could win that group. I think they're going to come second in that group. I think they're going to have some unimpressive performances. I do think this Ronaldo stuff is going to have a bit of an effect. I think the personalities in that squad are going to shy away from it a little bit, and he's just too dominating. Um. I think they've got enough quality to get through, but then, you know, if they're running into Brazil, I think Brazil will, will deal with them. Um, it's funny we say about, uh, when we did the Spain one, about the strength of Luis Enrique, he would have dropped Ronaldo. I think he would have, he would have made this, yeah. like, this is my thing, I'm dropping him. Um, and it shows you the importance of having that strong manager. And very few people can do it. But I remember going into year 2008, there's a big thing that Spain were like, oh my God, they've dropped Raul. They end up obviously winning it and having mm. an unprecedented period of success. So someone's kind of got to be the guy to do it. They haven't done it Ronaldo this time. Maybe after the next one, they'll learn. Well, we'll see how they go. I, I think, see, I just have a feeling they aren't going to be up to much. And we're going to hear a lot about this uh, generation of talent. But at the same time, so many people are talking about Uruguay that I almost don't want to be that guy <laughs> alongside Yeah, I, I don't but think Uruguay is some sort of bank either. It's not like they're like a bank any, to be good. So Portugal could end up topping this group and we could be, you know, having a conversation where I think their manager, they might criticise the style, might be suited perfectly for tournament football if they can get the balance right. And then we'll have to fucking witness people weeping at the feet of Ronaldo for uh, another run in an international tournament. Well, we're we're going to talk about uh, Uruguay in another mm. episode, but I think the style of midfield they have in uh, workers, I think like, Bruno doesn't want to be dealing with Valverde. No, no, no. If they end up getting the team wrong on that, then it it'll be absolutely hideous. Yeah, Valverde and Co will run over them. That's where you've got to be a bit serious and start, you know, putting people like Ruben Neves. Uh, Bernardo Silva Paulinho in there and try and make it a little bit more solid but 
it's just whatever they're going to, isn't it? My last question for you. Can Ruben Neves get a big move off the back of this tournament? It's a good question. Yeah, he probably can. Yeah, I think um, Wolves' plight might work out in his favour as well. If he can look like he's a standout player, it's going to be, oh, well, it's just everything around me shit here and uh, someone come and save me. Yeah, I think somebody could. But uh, it's who's going to part with a big sum of money for him, isn't it? I, I just don't know yeah. who's going to do it. So, Yeah, they're, they're talking yeah, 60 plus. I, I just don't see people going to do that. Usually they'll let you have him cheaper if you're Barcelona and they're the team that have been linked with him. But I don't really see where the room is in that. The ironic thing is, World Cups can often, we've seen it countless times, have a good World Cup and a club might sign you off the back of it after the summer. I'm not sure if people are going to do that in January. And that's a different, it's a different thing. I think they will. I, I was on the record saying, I think, Newcastle are going to buy the star of the World Cup. Um, so we'll see how it goes. It may just be the star in this sense. You know, sometimes you can just have a good game and that can be all it takes. And you can just have your name out there to someone that we've not noticed you previously. So maybe you're a substitute that comes on in the middle of the park for Uruguay and you win a couple of tackles. Yeah, like you said, I, I, I do think and suddenly Liao or Ramos from Benfica is a good shout from you that if they can have a good tournament, sort of, they've been doing plenty at their club but maybe particularly here, don't get fully the attention they deserve. All it takes is a good World Cup and everyone's talking about you. I think the team that doesn't get Bellingham gets Liao. Different positions, I know, but you're not going to spend big money on both of them. And I think Liao... You just think they're going to both be on the market year. at the same time. So, I think Chelsea will want Bellingham and I think when they can't get him, they'll get Liao. I was about to say it's a nice move for them. Chelsea signing forwards. Is it? I don't want to get married to any idea on that, but in theory, it should be a signing. Leo's numbers, we're talking 145 million plus the other fees I've seen mentioned for him. He's got the same numbers as Martinelli. Yeah, then what would he be worth? He'd be worth a lot. Yeah, but I I see Arsenal fans saying, we need an extra winger and an extra wing we get needs to take us up a level we can't be signing another Reese Nelson or Fabio Vieira as the next guy then you don't spend that money on on someone like that so it's Rafaelio looks like a great signing if you can get him below Pepe money the the fees we're hearing I don't see how you can justify that with well actually he's going to have less space in in this next tournament so let's see how you do you are finding see. yourself in a Liverpool problem there, my friend. Um, we can yeah, go for, for sure. the really, so really big to... one, but you can't be going, oh, I just want to spend 20, 30 million on someone. So you need to find a Luis yeah, Diaz. Yeah, true. So it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting. The The thing I've taken, even just for the two episodes we've done here so far, is I have far, far more interest in some of these teams than I thought I did. And we've not got into some Qatar of the more niche ones. Canada and some of these yet. But... I think even just knowing some of these narratives going in is is giving me a little something. Agreed. Because pre-season, I thought I was going to be buzzing for the World Cup in the sense that I wasn't sure how this season was going to go for us. <laughs> now it's kind of like, I want to get back to watching the arse. Yeah, you might be the only, you might be the only fan base feeling that. You and Newcastle, maybe. Well, you, I mean, you've just, what, two in a row now? That's 
big moves for you. You maybe you don't want this break. Well, we've got actually a, a decent little record coming along now, but it's kind of too little, too late, isn't it? But there you go. The uh, the the thing oh, with yeah. our January is looking the lack spooky. of. Um, I do really think the lack of time between right we're going Premier League to World Cup now means we haven't had that chance to. I'm about to wince at me saying this, but for it to marinate and for us to get excited about the <laughs> World Cup because we normally have that little break, don't you? Where you just have had not enough football that you're craving it a bit. You've got the summer, you've read around the teams and stuff, you're getting yourself hyped and now it's just going straight from one thing to the other. You, you haven't really had time for it. So I think this is helping me though. I'm starting to, like you said, get a bit invested now. Uh, I saw some say that this should be the highest level World Cup we've seen because every player is actually at, it has match sharpness. Usually you have this period before that's almost a pre-season training camp for the managers it's going to be pure tactical work on the field before we get to the first game next week. It should be, shouldn't it? But so, we've also had a lot of teams playing two or three games in a week, haven't we? So is that going to be, are we going to have that problem? Yeah. But we, it feels like, especially for England, we're moving our excuses around because normally we say, oh, we're fucked at the end of a long season. So this should suit us. But now it's, oh, well, we've got players dropping off an injury because we're having to force these games in. So I think... Did you see the Athletic broke down the amount of injuries and we're actually, this is just a normal amount of injuries going yeah, into a that, tournament. Yeah, that probably stacks up. It's, it's, it's literally, it's like... We haven't even had a metatarsal. Like what we complain about. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that'll be one of the England boys. Um, so hopefully not a, a certain right winger. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening to another edition of our World Cup Breakdown. Keep an eye on your feeds for more of these to come throughout the week and into the tournament. We'll, of course, have plenty more content coming right the way through online and on your podcast feeds. So keep an eye out for that. Until then, goodbye.